books and you reread and you look at what other men say. And, and uh, I found something this morning. That's a bad time to find something new. And uh, I, I didn't know what to do with it. And I looked at it and I drug out some books and looked at what men said about it and looked at what Brother Sexton said about it. And they didn't all agree. And, and I thought, now what do I do? And I thought, well, don't say anything about it. And I thought, well, you can't do that. What if somebody asked about it? So I thought, well, I'll go to Dr. Brown this morning and ask Dr. Brown about it. I went to Dr. Brown, and he says, I'm not sure. So I said, all right. So when we get to it, I'll, I'll talk to you about it. I, I'm not sure about it. Uh, I'll tell you what Brother Sexton said about it. I'll tell you what some other men said about it. But I'm going to study on it, and I want to know. And I want to know because it's in the Bible, and if it's possible to get it, I want it. So uh, we'll look at it as we get to it. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, we're going to finish up this chapter. It finishes up, and then next week we'll be over in chapter 12, the first couple of verses, and finish up about faith and how great faith is. As, as we look at it and as, as we study this, I think this end from 32 to 40 is some of the greatest writings in the book of Hebrews, even with all that we've read and studied about Hebrews, because this gets so personable about so many people and so many things that happened and the suffering of God's people. And as I looked at this and as I read it and as I studied it, my mind went back to men that not necessarily are great that you know, but have been great in my life, and as I looked at their suffering and things that's happened to them over their life, what great men of God they were. I look at Don Rogers. Don Rogers is a great man of God. Uh, you don't know him that well other than visiting him here. I've known Don for years, and what he did in Mexico was tremendous. I went, on a Mexican, I went to Mexico with him and one of his sons one time for a youth camp, to his church, and uh, there was a week camp, and uh, there was like five or six churches out of the U.S. that came, a couple of them from California, plus then the Mexicans that were there. And his church was probably, at that time, wasn't the church we went to when we took the young people. It was about maybe from the front pew to the sound booth, and it probably wasn't any wider than this area right here. And that was his church, and he had some Sunday school space in the back. And this is the first time I'd ever been to Mexico, and, and we went, and, and I asked him about camp. I said, I said, what is it? And he says, it's preaching, singing, and preaching. And I says, that's camp. He said, it is to them because they love it. So I said, all right. So I really didn't know what to expect, and we got up Monday morning, and, and we went to his church, and we had breakfast, and they fed everybody there, and, and they had it all outside on, on tables, and we ate. We got there probably about 7 o'clock. Services started that morning about 9. We got there at 7 o'clock. The auditorium was totally full. They were 4 to 6 deep on the outside, standing. They were ready to go. This is at 7 o'clock in the morning. Service didn't start till 9. 9 o'clock they started playing. We started singing. They sang till noon. Noon he started preaching. He preached till 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock he, he quit. Auditorium still full outside were about 12 to 15 deep. They didn't have windows, glass in the windows. They were just open. 12 to 15 deep. We left, stopped for dinner. We came back. Service was supposed to start at 7 o'clock. 
The people in the auditorium didn't leave except to go to the bathroom and get a drink. The people outside didn't leave. If they used the bathroom, it was where they were. And they stayed. And it was like that all week. That's youth camp. We didn't get done till 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, every night. They'd start singing about 6, 7 o'clock. They'd sing till 10. The people wouldn't leave. They didn't want to leave. To me, that's a hero in the faith. That's somebody that's gone out and made a difference. And I, I look at that. He's one of my... Uh, uh, Haskell McLean. You don't know Haskell? Haskell's dead and in heaven now. Haskell was a preacher, old-time preacher down south. I met him. God put us together, and, and he was blind. He couldn't see. He could see a little bit. He could read his Bible, but he couldn't see the driver go anyplace. And, and he was stuck at home. And uh, Hack would, would call me up and say, come over, Brother Chuck. I want to meet with you. I'd go over and meet with him. He taught me how to enter heaven through prayer. He got on his knees in his house. He put his arms around me. We'd pray. I saw a power of God fall. Man's gone. But he's a hero in the faith. Oliver B. Green I met, got to talk to. He's a hero in the faith. Dr. Seitler was a hero in the faith. These are men that we hear some about, some we don't hear about. Uh, Scott Williams was a hero in the faith. You don't know Scott, little bitty guy. Little bitty kind of hunched over guy, but the power of God was on him. I got to sit and talk to Scott. He was down in Virginia. And I got to talk to Scott. Me and Scott became friends. And I asked Scott, I said, Scott, there's other churches that want you. Why don't you leave where you are? He had a church up in the mountains that ran maybe, maybe on a good day, maybe 40. Great day, 40. Usually about 12, 15, maybe 20 people. But the man could preach. The power of God was all over him. And he said, I'm doing what God's called me to do. And I learned from those kind of men that God's power, God's strength was their faith. And these were heroes of the faith to me. These were men that over the years took time to sit down. Lester Roloff. I got to sit and talk to Lester Roloff. One-on-one, we sat across the table. There was about six or eight of us. And he talked to me. He answered my questions. Hero of the faith. Not because I was anybody, but because of who they were. John Rollins, a great man of God, did a great work down in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, for fundamentalism. It's gone now. But I got to sit and talk to him. So as we look at this, these are men of faith, men that did things. And that's what this end of this chapter is about. It's about the sufferings. It's about what they did, but it's about who they were and the difference they made. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 32. We'll read 32 through 40. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the love, Lord. We pray you be with us today. We pray you be in each class. We pray you touch souls and change lives. For yes, this in Christ's name. Amen. And what shall we say more? What shall we more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, of, of Samson, of Jephath, uh, Japheth, David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, attained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the 
the violence, the, the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned, the, turned to flight the enemies of the aliens, women received their dead, raised to life again, others who, tor who, who were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. That's the part I got to talk to you about. And others that, that had trial of cruelty, cruel mockings and scourgings, they moreover of bonds and imprisonments. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted and slain with the sword. They, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report, through faith received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. God writes a lot here about this. He writes a lot here about these people, about things they did. He lists six people. He lists five judges and a king as he's going through this. Over in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, it says about faith. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The object of our faith is the Lord Jesus Christ. Our faith, we don't have faith in faith. We had faith in Jesus Christ. Let me pass out a few scriptures here. Uh, Brother Dave, turn over to John 15, 1 through 5. Uh, Brother Bart, turn to Ephesians 6, 12. Uh, Jared Cole, turn to uh, Judges 21, 25. Brother Ron, if you'll turn to uh, 1 Peter 1, 7. Uh, Mid, if you'll turn over to 2 Timothy 4, 7. And let's see. Uh, Brother Dan, turn to uh, 1 Peter 1, 10 through 12. Read for me uh, John 15, 1 through 5, please, Dave. According to that scripture right there, everything that we do is done through Jesus Christ. Everything that we do. If we try to do it on our own, what happens to it? It fails. It's not worth anything. We go soul winning in our own and we get frustrated and it fails. We try to read our Bible on our own and we get frustrated. We, we try to have prayer and we get frustrated. Why could these men do these great things and suffer all this? Is it because they were better than you and me? Was it because they, they had different things than what we have? No. Is their faith. It all boils down to their faith. It boils down to what Brother Dave just read. That all things can be done through Jesus Christ. 
If you want to be a great soul winner, you've got to have faith. It's done through Christ. If you want to read that book and understand that book and let that book speak to your heart, it's done through faith. It's done through Jesus Christ. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You want more faith, the disciples ask, increase our faith. If I say to you, increase your faith according to that scripture, what am I telling you? Read more of the Bible. The more Bible you put in you, the greater faith you'll have. If you say my faith is weak and I have very little faith, you're telling me one thing. You're not reading the Word of God. Because the faith is increased by the reading of the Word of God. But we go back to these Old Testament saints, they didn't have the Word of God. They had God speaking to them in their heart through faith. Through faith. Through faith. They did things through faith. God said, if we're going to do anything. Great battleground is in one's heart and mind. Dying to self is a must if we do anything for God. That's something we struggle with every day. Dying to self. Over in Galatians 2.20 it says, Paul writes, And the life which I now live, I live in the flesh. I live by faith of the Son of God. He said, I live by faith, but it's through the Son of God. My faith is in something. My faith is not in some article, in some cross, in some pastor, in some pope, into something that you can physically reach out and grab a hold of and touch. My faith is in Jesus Christ. Their faith, it was in the same thing. Their faith was in what was going to happen. They were looking to the cross, we're looking back to the cross. Their faith. Paul wrote about it. We, like in, we, we live in a world that will not believe what we believe through the eye of faith. We must be people of faith. You talk to somebody about faith, and you talk about living by faith. I can talk to my dad. My dad's a lost person. I talk to my dad about faith and living by faith and and how God provides and how God meets the need. And he says, yeah, okay, I understand. I see it. No, he doesn't. He has no clue. He has no idea how God meets my need. None. Why? He has no faith. He doesn't live by faith. He doesn't understand by faith. If I talk to a person in here and I say, God's done this, this, and this, and God blessed me here, and God did this, and God did that, you're liable to scratch your head and say, I don't see any of that. He doesn't do that for me. It's the faith. It's the faith. But the faith comes by the word. God wants us to be people of faith. All through this chapter, it talks about through faith, through faith. Everything they did was through faith. We can do nothing. In verse 33, it says, who through faith subdued? Who through faith? Verse 32 says, what shall we then say? For the time fail me to tell. And it lists these people. It lists them. It goes in and it talks about these judges and this king. We don't have time to go through it all, but it talks about Gideon. Gideon was a great man. Gideon was a coward. If you read it right, he was standing in behind a wine press, uh, 
of grinding wheat for his family. God met with him. What did God say to Gideon? God said, thou mighty man of valor. He, he laid out some things to Gideon. He, he, he opened God, Gideon's eyes to some things. He did this to all these men. If we had time to go through it and look at it, we're going to look at Gideon and look at a couple of them. But he did. Verse 33, it says, Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions. God reminds us of what, we, what he can accomplish through our lives if we're submitted people. What made these men, and there's a whole lot more, he didn't put Job in there, there's a whole lot more of great men that happened, but how could they accomplish these things? It's by faith. It's all faith. If we want to see this church rise up and build, if we want to see this church reach this community, if we want to see God do great and mighty things, excuse my voice, great and mighty things, it's by faith. It's not God's faith. It's our faith. It's us stepping out by faith and saying, God, I've got faith enough to believe what you tell me. I've got faith enough to believe. Why did Don Rogers go to Mexico and do what he did? By faith. By faith. Why did great men do what they do? By faith. It's the faith they see and they have in Christ and they see Christ and they say, I can do this. Through Christ. They step out. God calls our attention to these judges who were under oppression of foreign powers. God let their people go in, his people go in, be captured, and, and become in captivity. And he says, I'm going to do something great for you. I'm going to bring men into your, into your lives that's going to rise up and deliver you from your oppression. Two reasons why. One is, because his people were wicked, and he wanted to straighten them out, so he put them in to be underneath other kings. But then he wanted men to stand up through faith and do some things that only they could do through faith. So he had a twofold purpose for this. Same thing he's got today. He's got you in his house that's supposed to be by faith, serving him, living for him, doing all these things through faith to what? Reach the community. He left us a charge, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He left that to us. By faith, we're to do that. By faith, we're to step out, go across the street, knock on our neighbor's door. By faith, we're to walk down the road and tell somebody. By faith, we're to stand in the grocery line and tell somebody. By faith, we're to do that. We're to build this church by faith. It's not putting a better man in the pulpit because there's not a better man. It's not by raising up greater deacons. It's not by putting on more assistant pastors. It's not doing all that. If all of us did our job by faith, our church would be full. It's by faith. It's stepping out by faith, doing what God calls us to do. That's what these men did. They, they were called of God to do something. We desire victory. We want to subdue kingdoms. We want all this, we must place our faith in God. Read for me Ephesians 6.12, please. Tell us what we wrestle against. 
What did they wrestle against? Same thing. Exactly the same thing. They had the same thing going on back in the Old Testament as we do today. They had the same devil that they were fighting back then as we do. You know the difference? You know what's so great about this, and we're going to talk about this later? You know why we should be so victorious over this? We've got the Holy Spirit, and we've got the Bible. They didn't have that. They didn't have that. We ought to be going out, doing great things for God, greater than they ever did. Because of those two reasons right there, if nothing else. The Holy Spirit that lives within us, and God's Word. They're the two greatest things that any Christian can take. If they can get a hold of that and, get, in and get, get charged by that, it'll change your life. It'll change how you look at things. They subdued kingdoms. They conquered. They did great things. Turn over to Judges for me. Judges chapter 6. Who's got Judges 21-25? Uh, Read it for me, please. Sounds like today. It sounds like today. Every man that does that which is right in his own eyes, if it feels good, do it. Uh, we, uh, a lot of people's got that uh, mentality today. And that, that's the way it was back then. So it hasn't changed any. Over in, in Judges chapter 6, verse 12, and it talks here a little bit about Gideon. We're going to look just at a second real quick about it. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee. Thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is this befallen us? How many has ever said that? Well, I have. God, if you're with me, why am I in the mess I'm in? God, you don't understand where I'm at. You don't see what's going on down here. If you could see what's going on down here and you really love me, this wouldn't be happening. No, no, no. We look at it all wrong. God's laid a course out in our life. He's laid a course for us to travel. And we're traveling that course. A lot of stuff we bring into that course is because of our stupidness. Being dumb. It just is. We drag all kinds of garbage into it. God says, I don't want that, I don't want that. You're being dumb here, don't do that. And we do it. And God chastises us and works on us and works on us. But there's a lot of things along this course that just is there. And God says, by faith, you'll get through this. How strong is your faith? God's dealt with me over the years on a lot of things in my life. A lot of things that I'm not going to bring up and talk to you about. But I can look back on my life where God has set me on this course. And especially over the last 10, 12, 15 years, God set me on this course. And as I've traveled this course... My faith has grown so much stronger, and I see things a lot different. I used to complain a lot to God. I don't do that much anymore. I try not to. It's my course. It's what God said. Because there's things in my life he's trying to work on. It's not that God's mean to me, or God's ugly to me, or God hates me. It wasn't because God hated Gideon. It wasn't. Why were they in the captivity? Because they were stupid. They did dumb things. They disobeyed God. Why do we get in trouble? 
We do stupid things. We disobey God. God says, I'm taking you to the woodshed. Let's go. And that's what he did. Gideon's behind this mill, grinding out some wheat, this wine press, trying, grinding out some wheat, trying to get enough for his family. God calls him a mighty man of valor. And, and Gideon, Gideon complains here in verse 13. And Gideon said unto him, O Lord, my Lord, O Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is, is this all befallen us? And where be all the miracles which our fathers told us of? Boy, have I been there saying, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midians. And he, and he did. And he did exactly that. He did. He took them from where they were and put them into captivity. God does that to us. When we're disobedient, God takes us and he spanks us. And he puts us aside and he works and works and works on us. And finally we get, hopefully, wise enough and we say, God, you're right, I'm wrong. And we get things right and we go on. And that's where they were here. Look at, uh, at 14. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might. Now wait a minute. Go in this thy might? What's Gideon doing? He's hiding. He has no might. God didn't say go in my might, did he? No. He said go in your might. What's he talking about here? He's talking about Gideon's faith. Gideon's faith. He's telling Gideon, you got faith. Exercise that faith. Step out by faith and walk by that faith. And by that faith, I will bless you. I'll do things with you that you never dreamed you could do. Did he not do it? Absolutely he did. But he had to go in his faith. He had to go in his might. God said, I'll take what you've got and I'll, I'll amplify it. I'll make it greater. I'll do greater things for you. And he said, thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor, poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. He tells Gideon, this is what I'm going to do with you, by faith. You can't do it. I know you can't do it. You can't change Livonia. You can't change Redford. You can't change Wayne. You can't change Garden City. You can't change Dearborn Heights. You can't do any of that. But God can. God can. We can't fill this church. Oh, we could fill it. If Pastor Brown says, all right, we're dropping all our standards, we're changing our music, we're, we're getting rid of our Bible, we're going to have relative talks, we can fill this building. We can fill this building, add to this building, make this building bigger, and we can fill it. Not a problem. But God says, keep your standards, keep the word, do what I tell you, walk by faith, and I will do it. He'll do it. Through our might. Our faith. Our faith. Our faith. That's what he told Gideon. If we are going to subdue kingdoms for God, and God is not waiting for us to build a bigger church, a greater fellowship hall, a greater parking lot, 
to subdue kingdoms that are around us and oppress us, God wants to use an individual who will expressly express faith in God and subdue the kingdoms. Our might becomes his strength. The Lord provides his might in our faith. If we're going to do anything for God, if we're going to make a difference, it's God. It's not us. God's going to use us through faith. So let me ask you, where's your faith? How you doing? Where you at? Are you still with Gideon? Are you behind the press still? Are we still standing there? God has great things for us to do. In my might, I can do nothing. In God's might, I can do all things. American uh, uh, delegation from America, back during Charles Spurgeon days, went to England. There's a group of churches here, sent a delegation over there of Baptists, and they wanted to see and wanted to see and hear what was going on in England. England was on fire for God. People were being saved right and left. So we sent a delegation over there. The delegation went and was going to visit some of these churches. They went to the city temple in England. Joseph Parker was a preacher. Parker was a fabulous, fabulous speaker. Fabulous. He could preach. They went in. They listened to him Sunday morning. He preached. Tremendous message. The delegation walked out, and they said to each other, What a preacher. What a preacher. That man is an order. He could preach. That night, they went to hear Spurgeon, the Metropolitan uh, Temple. They went to hear Spurgeon. The same delegation walked out of there and said, What a Savior. What a Savior. What was the difference? He showed them Christ. That was the difference. Two great men doing great works, but two different results. And if you read about Parker, it talks about him being an orator and how great he was and what he did. But if you read Spurgeon, you see Christ. You see God lifted up in everything that he did. That was the difference. His faith in Christ. Our faith in Christ. That's the difference. Judges 4 tells us about Brock, Brack, and Deborah and what went on there and how he conquered and how through her being a priestess talking to him and how they went out and conquered and, and set the people free. We don't have time to go through all that. Go back to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. God lays a lot of groundwork here and puts a lot of things in this that we don't have time for in this study, but you, you need to go back and look at it. We'll pick up the reading in, in verse 35 of chapter 11. Women received, women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting the deliverance that they might obtain a greater or a better resurrection. That's the part I didn't know. I'd read this and read this and read this and read this and looked at it and studied it. And this morning it jumped out at me, a better resurrection. I thought, I want that. What is it? So I started looking, and I couldn't find it. I read a couple of men, and they said that it's if these men endured, they went through all this suffering, that they're, they're, they have a better resurrection. Not really a better resurrection, but a crown probably, when 
they get to heaven. I said, okay, I can buy that. And I was looking at it, and Brother Sexton didn't say that. The material we're using, he said that we can have a better resurrection. If, by faith, we go through this course and suffer here on this earth and go through it and endure it, that there'll be a better resurrection. And I thought, wow, I want that. So I started looking at it and looking at it and doing all I could do this morning, and I couldn't find anything. So like I said, I come in and talk to Dr. Brown, and, and he enlightened me that he wasn't sure either. So he told me what he thought, and it was basically the same thing I thought. So I don't know. But if there is, I want it. If there's a better resurrection, if I can go a, 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 a multi, multi decimate second quicker, I want it. If when I get to heaven, I get to go to the front of the line, I want it. If God's got something in there that's better, I want it. I don't know what it means. I'm not sure about it. I, there's no other resurrection. There's no other else that the Bible talks about. It could be. I don't know. But apparently, those guys that endured this is getting it. And I don't see anything in there that says we can't have it. I want it. If God's got it, I want it. It says a better resurrection. Look at verse 36. We go through a lot of this and, and, and talk about it, and, and we, just, we don't have time. And others had trials of cruel mockings and scourgings, and yea, moreover, of bonds, of imprisonments. And it talks about all the things that they've gone through. We look at it, and we look at our lives, and we say, boy, is my bed uncomfortable. Man, I got this morning, my back's killing me, my neck's killing me, my pillow is loud, I, you know. I, I'm not driving the nicest car I want to drive, and, and my house isn't as, as nice, and, and I don't have the nicest clothes, and, and, and I, I'm not, you know. We complain about everything. Everything. It's too hot in here. I believe it is. It's too hot in here. It's too cold in here. If I have one woman on Sunday morning that tells me it's too cold in here, I have ten. If I see preacher stand up going, I know it's too hot. But we all complain. But here's a group of people through faith, that did things that was tremendous and did it. They, they had their children killed, burnt in front of them. Can you imagine being a father and mother and watching your children tied to... Read Fox's books of Martyr. Read other books. They took their children and they had them tied together and they burned them at the stake. And the parents watched. And they said, if you renounce Christianity, we won't do it. Women watch their husbands burn. Men watch their wives burn. Watch them drown. Watch them torn in half. Why? Because of their faith. Their faith. What do we do today? We whine and cry about every little thing. Read for me. Oh, better yet, I'll, I'll just, I, I don't think I pass it out. Our faith, 1 Peter 1.7. Did I pass that out to somebody? Read for me, Brother Ron. That verse says, your faith, though it be tried with fire. Your faith is going to be tried. Your faith, something's going to happen to it. What do you do when it happens? What do you do when they call you in and they say you have no more work? Your job's done. You're fired. You're out of here. We're closing the factory. 
and you're 57 years old. It's one thing when you're Jared Cole's age. It's another thing when you're my age or Rick's age. Rick's older than me. But it is. And you say, what are we going to do? And you say, oh, I got faith. I got faith. And then the mortgage becomes a month behind. Then the mortgage becomes two months behind. And then the mortgage becomes three months behind. You get a letter of foreclosure. What do you do? What do you do? And you go to the refrigerator and there's nothing really in it. What do you do? You say, I've got faith. And you get a letter from the electric company, they're shutting your electric off. And you got a water bill of $1,000. And you say, I got faith. And finally, they put you out of your house, they shut your electric off, and you say, I'm done with this faith stuff. It doesn't work. What do they say about all the people that died? It doesn't work? No, it works. Have faith. It goes on in that chapter and it says they wandered, destitute, no home, caves, nothing to live, nowhere to live. They wore sheepskins and goatskins. Why? Because of their faith. You may lose everything here. Do not lose your faith. Don't. No matter what happens, keep your faith. Keep your faith. God will not fail you. Read the book. It's in the book. So I said two of the greatest things we got, and we're going to quit here, is the Holy Spirit in the Bible. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. I tell you what, when you're going through things like that, you get in your Bible, you get on your knees, and you get you a couple of brothers or sisters around you that love you and will pray for you. Will it make it better? Will it make it go away? Nope. Will it make it easier? Nope. Will it make it hurt less? Nope. But your faith will get stronger. And God will be there. And God will meet your need. Even if you're out walking, the, walking around the streets in sheepskins or goatskins, God is still good. God will be there. He will. If he's not, your salvation isn't worth nothing. You might as well chuck it all, go to the house, and forget about it. If God's only good when things are good. Because according to this chapter, the end of it, it wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. It was a mess. But God was still there. Let's pray.